Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where we learn from the best online course creators how to better create and sell our very own courses. I'm your host, Phil Ebner, and today I chat with Jessica Brody, a best-selling author who has translated her author skills to her own online courses. We're going to learn how other authors can do the same coming right up. Visit OnlineCourseMasters.com for show notes to watch the video version of this episode and see an archive of all our past guests. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. The one thing you can do for me is leave a review for the show, which helps us expand to an even larger audience. Thanks, and let's get straight to the interview. Hey, Jessica, welcome to the Online Course Masters show. We're so excited to have you here, and you're the first author that I'm having on the show, so that's going to be interesting to talk about that. And I think the, the just you getting into online teaching as an author is a perfect match, and there probably are other authors out there listening to this show who might get inspired by you. So thank you and welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. I'm, I am a fan of you, Phil. So um, this is an honor for me. Thanks. Thanks. So for people who don't know about you, can you just give us a little recap? What's your background and what, yeah, what, what did you do before teaching online courses? Um, so I'm a full-time author. I've been writing uh, novels, mostly for teenagers and uh, kids um, for the past, I guess, now like 12 years. I don't know. I lost track. Um, and so I was doing that full time and, um, I have written over 15 novels, um, for kids and teens. And, um, now I'm trying to teach some of the skills that I've picked up over the past 10, 12 years to other authors. Nice. And so I want to talk more about just being an author. I, I've never really, consider myself an author, but I do have a couple ebooks on Amazon, but it is something that I think is really cool. And you must just, as an author, you're a content creator and also entrepreneurial in itself to have to put it, put yourself out there, create a piece of content and share it with the world. I, I read, and I'll just tell the listeners too, that you were actually named one of Udemy's 2016 breakout instructors, which is awesome. So congrats yeah. about that. And uh, I read in your bio that you you have a couple movie, uh, books that are being made into movies or something like that. So, well, first, let's start there. What's what's that all about? <laughs> um, yeah, it's very exciting. Um, so I've had several movie options happen over my career, um, and that's when basically a production company uh, comes in and, and kind of like leases your book um, as to try to make it into a movie, and options can expire, and then... Um, and then other people can pick up the, the rights and re-option it. It's all very complicated. But um, what's exciting about the two that are in development now um, is that they've, they've kind of gone the farthest that any of my books have gone in terms of the film adaptation process. So um, they're being uh, adapted as screenplays right now. So that's really exciting. And hopefully um, after that, the next step is to cast and get directors on board and then hopefully start shooting. So we shall see. Um, but it is very exciting. Yeah, that's really awesome. I mean, I have friends that still work in like Holly, quote unquote, Hollywood. And I know how long that process can be, even if you're, you have the screenplay uh, and let alone a book turning into a screenplay. But I hope that that all works out for you. I can't, I'm sure it will um, (laughs) with one of these or, or maybe something in the future. And I can't wait to to see it. But how did you even get started as an author? Like what was the process? And uh, it seems like, you know, you've got everything set up with your website and your books have been translated and it's, you kind of got this 
book machine going on. How did you get started? Um, yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a crazy, um, decade. Um, yeah, I have, my books have been translated in over 23 languages now, which is really cool and crazy. I mean, I get, I get like a translation, you know, here's one, like I'll get like the French version and I'll be like, Oh my God, I wrote this and I can't understand it. Um, but, uh, (laughs) it's so, it's kind of, it's kind of strange. Um, but I actually, I was, I started out in the movie business. Um, I was a, director of development and um, business acquisitions and business development and acquisitions for MGM studios in Los Angeles. Um, And so it was like very finance based and um, uh, very analytical. And there was this other side of me, this like creative monster that was kind of like, you know, growling and clawing at the door. Um, So I started writing on the side just to kind of keep that tamed and in control. Um, And then I got laid off from MGM. Uh, Sony bought MGM and laid everyone off. And I just thought, you know, I could get I did get another job offer from Sony to do the same thing. And I thought, I think I'm going to give this whole creative thing a try. And I took about a year and a half to finish the novel I'd been working on and basically get an agent and get it sold. So, um, and I've been selling novels ever since. So I'm very grateful that I did get laid off and, um, I had that nice severance package that allowed me to follow my dream. And here I am today. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty, that's, you know, sometimes it takes just some sort of event like that happening to change your direction to something that, it seems to be working out really well for you. So, and that's cool. Yeah, uh, you I was just going to say in story sense, in like plotting, that's yeah. called the catalyst, the catalyst moment that sends the character on a new mm, direction. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs have that catalyst moment when they mm-hmm. start their journey. And sometimes it's getting laid off. And yeah. Pat Flynn, I know a lot, a lot of people are fans of his and that happened yeah. to him. Or, or maybe it's, you know, getting married or having a baby or whatever it is, but kind of something that moves you forward. And for people listening, you can actually watch this uh, episode on my YouTube channel. And uh, Jessica just picked up her physical book. And I think that's so cool. That's, I mean, being an author with an ebook is one thing, but being an author where you actually have a physical book, that is a completely different thing. So that's just so cool. (laughs) So what was the so you were doing that for a while and you're still writing which i think is the yeah. beauty of being an online teacher having something that you actually do but then teaching it how did you get into teaching online then um yeah i, I actually i still write a lot i still write about 3 4 books a year i have a um current contract with disney channel where i write a book series i'm writing a book series based on oh, they're right here um based on their descendants um movie which has been really fun And, uh, so I still keep very busy writing. Um, but basically what happened was I was teaching, um, in-person workshops, um, and I was flying all over the country to speak to people and, um, it was getting very exhausting, just all the travel. Uh, you were never sure if like, you know, you're going to fill the room and there's all that stress. And my husband who actually is a fan of yours and was taking some of your courses on photography and video. Um, he said, you know, you should try this online thing. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know about that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm always like really, um, I always like turn his ideas down immediately and then it takes a moment to sink in and I'm like, Hmm, that might be a good idea. Um, and he said, yeah, this Phil guy, you know, he posts his revenue and he just, he's like, he's just making a lot of money. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And so, um, we found Udemy and, uh, we, we, we actually looked at a lot of different platforms and Udemy seemed like the best 
option for me in terms of, you know, they do a lot of marketing and there's, there's a lot, there was a lot less um, upkeep on my end that I had to do. Um, so I said, I'll do one course and I'll see how it goes. And I picked a course that I've taught at libraries and, um, it was kind of a short course. Um, it's called, um, developing blockbuster ideas. And it's all about how to like brainstorm high concept ideas that book and movie people will, will, uh, grasp and, uh, grasp onto. So, um, I, I produced this course fairly quickly. It's only an hour and a half course and we put it up and the reaction was so great. Like we, I don't even remember, we made like a thousand dollars in a week and we were just like, Whoa. <laughs> okay. Nice. Um, this is something, yeah, there was like something there. Right. And, um, and the reviews were coming back really, really strong and Udemy started to pick it up and put it in their emails and it just kind of whirlwinded from there. And I, um, I thought, okay, what else can I do? And we just kind of took inventory of the things that I've I've been labeled as good at um, by my fellow authors, things that I get asked about a lot online. Um, we just started making lists. And the thing that kept coming to the top was my productivity, the fact that I write three to four books a year, which is very, you know, it's a lot compared to some authors. And um, so I just started to basically try to break that down. Like, how do I actually write four books a year? Um, and that's when I came up with my class productivity hacks for writers. And so I did that one. And then, yeah, now I'm just kind of trying to churn out as many courses as I can while keeping up with my deadlines. Nice. Well, yeah, it seems like you're busy, but that's, that's so awesome that you had that initial success. What, what do you think it was about that, that you, you made a thousand dollars in your first week? Did you have an audience that you sold you promoted this too, or how did you actually launch that first course? I, I did have an audience um, of readers and writers. And um, when I started, I had about, I would say 3,500 Facebook followers. Um, and I actually, I put it up on Facebook and I put, and I paid for a boost. Um, and I, and I, the way I put it out there was how have I, basically the question was like, um, I've sold 10 books to major publishers in the last 10 years and have over 23 foreign, you know, foreign countries, foreign rights published, blah, blah, blah. Um, how did I do it? And, um, the answer is always to that question is I write high concept books. So they're ideas that you can pitch in one sentence. They're, um, they're really like blockbuster ideas what I call them. Um, and I think that was a very grabby, uh, line about basically this is how I'm doing this. And, um, so I just, I got a lot of, play out of those Facebook boosts. And, um, I think I maybe invested like $40 in Facebook boosts and it, it equated to like a thousand dollars in sales. So it was a pretty good boost. Yeah. Um, and, and that kind of like tapped out my market. Like I, that's, I didn't really have, I had a reader newsletter, but I, um, have since started a writer newsletter where it's just geared towards my writer followers. Um, it's called writing mastery. You can sign up on my website. Um, and it's a free monthly newsletter for, with writing, free writing tips. So um, once that kind of got the ball rolling and Udemy picked me up and started promoting, um, I did start the newsletter. I started a YouTube channel uh, for writing mastery as well. And so, you know, it started with Facebook and then I kind of expanded it from there. Yeah, well, it seems like you're doing all the things that I tell people that they should be doing and it, it's working for you. So that's good to good to hear. Yeah. And I think it's harder now. And but you just started what, like a year ago or so? Uh, my year anniversary is next month. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. So not even a year. And people keep asking me like, 
is it too late to do this? Is it too late to do this? And I keep telling them, it's still a great year. Like people have been asking me that since 2014 and -hmm. every year it seems to come up. But I think you're perfect proof that it's not too late. But it might take a little bit more work in the beginning to get a little traction and having just a little bit of an audience helps. So for people listening, if you don't have any audience right now and you're working on a course, just start building that audience somewhere, whether it's Facebook or YouTube. And it and for me, I know um, I co-taught a course with a couple of YouTubers and they only had an audience on YouTube, but it was mm-hmm. the same thing. When they launched their first course, their YouTube audience, uh, it sold a couple thousand in the first uh, couple of weeks. And it's just because they had that audience already. So that's that's yeah. important nowadays, I think. I, I will say that since I've built up my newsletter, that seems to be the most effective for me. Um, Facebook is still a great a great source. Like um, when I do launch a new course, I always boost. I do a, a, a basically about two weeks worth of boosted um, posts. But um, I've now since I started my newsletter, I have I think over a thousand subscribers now, and because those are so targeted and niche, they're people who have signed up for a lead magnet on my website, um, which I gave away free writing, like a free writing tip guide. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I know those are my target, um, audience. And so when I do launch a new course, I find that the, the most, um, return comes from that newsletter blast. Yeah. Nice. So I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but one thing that (laughs) came to mind, I was just wondering for you and your audience, what, what is the promotion and pricing strategy that seems to be working both on Facebook or your email list? Um, Because I could see how promoting on Facebook might not work that well, especially if you're charging a lot. But what's your pricing strategy when you launch these courses? Um, You know, it's still something I'm working on and figuring out. Like I've, I've, I've studied your pricing strategies a lot and, you know, I've tried things that you've tried. Um, I'm still kind of trying to like tweak it. Um, what I, what I have been doing is I've been giving my best prices always to my current students on Udemy and my newsletter subscribers, because when I do, um, when I have the lead magnet says that you, when you sign up, you will get my best prices. So, um, I've been putting slightly higher prices on Facebook. And when I say higher, I'm th- like the max $5 more. Um, and uh, because I'm kind of trying to pull those people in, it's still like a massive discount. It's still, you know, like 90% off yeah, or whatever right. it ends up being. But I do um, about like a two-week launch um, where the prices are discounted. And then that kind of just goes away. And then I... Um, and then I'll do like special events, you know, where, um, I just released my 11th novel and I did $11 on my courses to promote it, um, or, and to celebrate. Nice. So I'll do like, I'll do like those kinds of little things, um, here and there. And then of course, like, you know, I try to keep track of what Udemy is doing. So I'm not, you know, butting heads with their promotions. Um, so it seems like there's always some discount somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then. <laughs> And then I do actually have on my website, if you just come to my website and you don't sign up for my newsletter, there is a discount still there. But I do warn you that there's a, a better discount if you sign up for the newsletter. So you'll see when you come on, it's like the course is like $25. And then if you sign up for the newsletter, you'll get an automatic welcome that says, here's my course for 19 Yeah, cool. So I'm going to challenge you and I'm not doing this myself. So <laughs> I, I don't, I'm excited to hear your answer. What do you tell people who are like, why don't you just charge a premium price? Like, why don't you do this on your own site? And I don't know, actually, if you are planning on doing that or also selling on other platforms, but but why why are you doing the whole Udemy thing and discount, doing such deep discounts? 
Um, so that's interesting because when I came on to Udemy, and for those of you who are not familiar, there was a very big price pricing shift back in, I think it was last March or April. Yeah, 2016. Um, I came in right after it happened. So um, it was this kind of, I kind of like felt like I was coming into this giant storm because <laughs> I came on and was like, oh, I'll price my course at $20. They changed it where you could only price it between 10 and 50, I think. And before that, it was like, the sky's the limit. So people were pricing at 300 and discounting 99% and all of that. So um, that that kind of went away. And suddenly it was 10 to $50 is the only pricing you can do. And that's when I came on board. And and all of the current Udemy instructors were all up in arms about it. They like, nobody liked it. Everyone was complaining. And I kind of came in and was like, this is great. This makes it so easy for me. I, I just pick a price and I don't have to worry about discounts. Like I was doing, I think I priced my course at 40 and did like a 50% off to launch. Um, and then it was $40. And I felt like that's kind of what the course is, is it should be valued at. Um, and then they pr changed the pricing again. Um, and I actually noticed the effect. I thought that my revenue went down as soon as they did it. But I also feel like I wasn't quite prepared because I didn't know the former pricing model. Um, and then I started to pick up, I started to study more people's pricing structures and the way they were discounting. And I realized that I think what's worked for me, and I think a lot of Udemy instructors, is the high perceived value uh, of the $200 course and the um, kind of buy it now discount, like this this like impulse purchase discount. So you think, oh my gosh, it's 90% off, I need it right now. Um, and I think that has really worked for me. Um, so, and I think when Udemy, you know, one of the reasons I did decide to go with Udemy is I heard that they really um, help promote once your course has kind of reached, um, or, you know, what, what do they call it? Social proof. Mm -hmm. um, once you, once they've, you've kind of proved that you've put out a good course that's got, getting good reviews, um, they really step in and help. And I have found that it to be true. Um, most of my, I actually don't really market a lot of courses after, a lot of my courses after the launch. Like I launch uh, with my launch strategy and Udemy kind of picks up after that. And then I will do these discounts here and there, but it's really nice to kind of just set it and forget it um, and, and keep this like passive income coming in while I'm working on other courses. Yeah, nice. So fast forward to, to today, like what what's your favorite thing about teaching online courses and how has it affected your life in the sense of, you know, being an author and having this other source of income? Um, well, it's been great to have this extra source of income, um, kind of like as a safety net, like the, the, the writing world is, is great and it's lucrative, but it is also very unstable. So, you know, you, you get paid twice a year, you get royalty statements twice a year from your publisher. Um, when you sell a new book, you have no idea how much it's going to sell for. Um, so it's always this like, I don't know. Um, and not that Udemy has this very, it's very super consistent, but it's been fairly consistent. So it's kind of nice to have that monthly paycheck. Um, but you know, teaching has been so much more rewarding than I ever thought. I always love teaching just because I'm working with people, but some of the emails and messages I get and reviews I get, like just, they melt my heart. Like people are, you know, saying, Oh my gosh, I, I wasn't able to crack my story until I took your high concept blockbuster course. And now I know everything that's wrong with it. Um, or like, I'm so inspired to write and I haven't written in two years and your productivity course is now making me want to write every day again. Like, thank you. Um, or I had got this one guy who said, Oh, I used your, um, your blockbuster course to develop a screenplay idea. And now I have two agents wanting to represent me. And I'm like, 
Wow. Oh my God. Like, I have, yeah, it was just, I kind of thought people would just take it and then like not really use it. Um, I don't know why, but it's been so rewarding to know that there's people out there. I mean, I've, I have students in over 75 countries and they're like taking this course and it's helping and changing their, their creative process and their life. And like, it's just so cool. Yeah, I love that. And it sometimes it's hard to look at the reviews because I'm like worried I'm going to see like the bad one, yeah. <laughs> even though even though I think for most people it ends up not being that many, but it's one out of every 10. It's just like, oh, that's so bad. Yeah. But but for me, too, it's like seeing those people actually affected by the courses. I didn't I still think I'm like, do people like my courses? <laughs> like, why, why do people like my courses? Yeah, so. it's always that, like, we call it in the author world, we call it the imposter syndrome, where you kind of feel, you constantly feel like no matter how many books you sell or how well they do, you feel like you're fooling everyone. Right, like, right. Everyone's just, like, in on it, and they're making you feel good by buying your book and, like, patting you on the head. Um, but you always, I feel like I always feel like an imposter. Um in the book world and probably the online course world too, but it's just this constant like confidence building thing. Um, the reviews are funny because I, being an author for 10 years before this, I think has given me a really thick skin with reviews. Um, you know, there's sites like Goodreads and Amazon where people make it their job to tell you how horrible of a writer you are. Um, and it can be very disheartening at the, at the beginning. And then after a while, you just start to realize, you know what, you're not going to please everyone. Um, you're, especially when you write fiction, because fiction is so personal. And mm -hmm. you're going to write a story that people hate, and you're going to write a story that changed people's lives. Um, and so I think coming into Udemy like that, um, I was able to, you know, you do get those every once in a while, you get those one star, two star reviews. And you're able to kind of go, okay, it wasn't for him, or it wasn't for her. Um, and yeah. so that's really helped me like brush those things off. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Are you enjoying this episode? We hope you're learning to become a better course creator. If you want to fast track your success, get the free seven step guide to success at onlinecoursemasters.com. Now let's get back to the show. So you're, I mean, it just seems like you got to be super busy and even just from your website, you got so much going on. So what, tell the listeners, what, what's a typical day like with you? How do you stay productive with writing, but also with your courses? What are mm -hmm. you doing uh, on a day-to-day -day basis? Uh, give us a little insight. Well, um, yeah, I'll give you a little insight on my day, which is a little teaser to my productivity course because I do practice what I preach. Um, but uh, so I start out the day with um, my big thing about focus management is um, starting the day with the most important thing to you. And to me, that's my writing. Um, so I wake up. I don't. My phone is always in another room. I don't check anything. No emails, no social medias, no nothing until I've written uh, my daily word count, which is about 1500 words a day. Um, so I wake up. I take my dog out uh, for a quick little brisk walk. Um, I meditate for about 10, 10, 15 minutes, I do a gratitude journal every morning, which is basically just listing things that I'm really grateful for. Um, that puts me into a very positive headspace, which I think is the best place to write from. Um, and then I get down to writing and I write about two to three hours every morning. Um, and then, and then I kind of check that off when it's like, okay, it's done. I love writing, but it's so nice to say I'm done with writing for the day. Uh, because it is a very, 
um, kind of, it takes a lot out of you. It's because it's creativity and you're basically creating things from, from nothing. It's, it can be a little exhausting. So I love checking that box. Uh, I've written and now I can focus on everything else. Um, then I usually spend my afternoons, uh, my early afternoons reading like other people's work or work that I'm analyzing for, um, I'm actually writing a how to writing book, um, how to plot basically. And it comes out from random house next year. It's called uh, save the cat writes a novel. It's based on a very popular screenwriting method called save the cat. And I'm adapting it for the novel world. Nice. Um, so I've been, yeah, so I've been doing a lot of reading of like old classics and popular books to break down how they're structured so that I can use them as examples in the books. Um, and then I, my evenings are reserved for Udemy classes. So I will be either scripting or um, recording or editing or producing like all of the steps. Um, so that's kind of the way I structure my day. Nice. Well, that's pretty amazing. That it, I mean, you got it all down. And <laughs> I'm it's surprising, but I'm like, so not like that. And sometimes I like, <laughs> I'm like, I could probably be more productive if I did do the whole morning routine thing. But I've been struggling a lot lately, actually with waking up and just social media, checking emails first thing in the morning. So what is there anything that you could tell me and I'm sure lots of people listening like how I can I can do it for a couple of days then I yeah. go back to my normal ways. Like how do you how do we actually just stick to that for for a while? Okay. Well, first of all, you should take my course. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I, I actually do think productivity hacks for writers can be applied to a lot of other professions because it's all about focus management and how to prioritize your day so that you are getting the most important things done when you're freshest. So um, the way I kind of describe it in my course is that you're, every day you wake up with like a brand new computer. And when you remember when you bring home your computer, it works like a dream, right? You know, like there's nothing bogging it down. It's like there's no viruses, there's no software. Um, and every time you open a new program in your day, email, social media, the news, it's like a program running in your brain and it's slowing your processing power down. It's basically taking up RAM. Um, so you should be doing the most important thing for your, that is most important to you when you have nothing else running. Um, and so throughout the day, you start opening more and more programs and your processing power decreases. So that's kind of the philosophy behind the course. Um, and I found that it just, it works just so well. But um, my advice to you, like my practical advice, um, I guess I have maybe two pieces of advice. One is to hide your phone. Like it's the yeah. weirdest thing, but I do it. I keep it like in a far other room. Um, I actually keep it in one of those secretary desks that like closes so I can't even see it. Uh, that's where it plugs in. That's its home. We, nice. we put it to bed every night. Um, and so not seeing it is like a huge thing. Um, I used to sleep with my phone next to my bed. So I would wake up in the morning, I'd grab it before I even got up. And I was like, well, um, but I found that that was basically me telling the universe, whatever anybody else has to say is more important than what I have to do. Mm. Um, so it's like letting other people dictate your day and your mood based on what they've put out, out there. So, um, hide your phone. The second thing is, um, something else I talk about in the course is an app, um, a habit building app that I really like called way of life. And it, I think it's available on both Apple and Android. Um, but basically it's a habit forming app that uses a philosophy called don't break the chain. Um, where you, every day that you, you set up a habit, every day that you do it, you get a link in the chain. And then, you know, the next day you have another link and another link. Um, so by the time you get up to like three, four, 10 links, 
not checking your email is so much easier because you're like, well, I don't want to break my chain. Then I got to start at zero. <laughs> and it's like almost like playing a game with yourself. And you're like, I can get up to maybe I can get up 14 days or like 18 days. Um, so it's a really, I thought that was very, they're very useful for me. But then also after a while, you just start to see the difference mm-hmm. and you start to realize how beneficial it is. Um, like I was writing so much better words more words. I was feeling more focused. I was feeling more inspired to write every day. And then I would, you know, like everyone does, I would slip and I would check my email. I was just going to check like really quick. And I would notice instantly the difference. Like when I would sit down to write, I'd be like, Oh, I don't want, I don't want to do it. Um, it was, yeah, it just becomes, it becomes so noticeable that you just stop doing it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I think tonight, yeah, I've been, I have my phone next to my bed, but tonight, gonna put it away put it away put it in the bathroom put it away (laughs) if you have a spouse or like some a roommate you can actually you can actually get them to help you by literally hiding it from you um and saying you know what i have to like prove that i've done my task for the morning before you give it to me and i i have done that on on occasions (laughs) yeah no that's great i love it do it however you need to yeah. Cool. So, um, about your courses, you've got great reviews in all three courses that you have on Udemy. Is there anything about just the either the way you teach them, the way they're put together, what you, the content is that you think uh, makes the students like them so much? Um, based on the review, I mean, it's really hard to kind of analyze your own success, but um, based on the reviews I've gotten, I think the two things that make my courses stand out are, um, this is just a genuineness. So I, I try to just be myself and that's sometimes goofy and sometimes I get like ranty about things. Um, but it's just, I, I'm kind of just put myself out there. I don't try to be anybody else. Um, and the second thing is I don't hold anything back. Like I, I pretty much give you everything I've got. Um, I don't, I, I, you know, there's a struggle of like when you're successful at something like like writing, you're like, well, I don't want to give them all my secrets because yeah. then they may compete with me. But um, I try not to buy into that philosophy. I try to think that, you know, every writer, whether they're going to compete directly with me or not, they're on their own journey. So I might as well give them all the tools I have because they're never going to be me. I mean, they're never going to write my books. Um, so I try to just give them everything. Like, and I think that shows in a lot of my reviews, people saying, wow, you've given so many tools that I've never seen anyone give this much information before. So I, I, I would say that was my two pieces of advice. Be yourself and don't hold back because no one's going to ever take your place. No one can ever like be you. So try not to give into the fear of like, if I share all my secrets, then everybody's going to you know take my success away from me because I just don't think that's true. I love it. And I feel like people catch on really quickly if you are teaching yeah. a course and you do hold back and that's going to result in bad reviews and that's ultimately yeah. what especially on a marketplace like Udemy is going to hurt your sales. So I love that. So in terms of uh, your funnels, we kind of talked about Facebook, your email list. Um, with your email list, what what are you doing to kind of funnel people into the courses? Um, other than, is it just when you have a new course launch or is there anything when they just jump onto your email list? Do you send them any automated sequences or anything like that? I do actually. Um, so I have an email list called Writing Mastery. It's a monthly, I think I mentioned a monthly newsletter with, um, it has free writing tips and um, other kind of writerly stuff. And I try to keep my own books out of it. 
um, unless there's some like direct, like, here's how I wrote this book. So it's a lesson for writers. Um, so I have two lead magnets set up on my site right now. Um, one is any, so I have basically my, my website's a little bit confusing, not confusing, but complicated because I've got readers, you know, I've got my teen readers who come on looking for information about my books. And then I've got, um, a lot of blog posts about writing tips. Mm-hmm. Before I started teaching, I did a lot of blogging. So, um, I have set up, uh, through, I think Google tag manager, I've set up, um, two kind of funnels. One, if you're on a reading related site, uh, page or a writing related page, you'll get two different lead magnets. Um, there's a re- cause I have a reader newsletter too. So if you're on my reader newsletter, you will get a lead magnet that says, um, sign up for my newsletter and you'll get like the first five chapters of my next book for free. Um, and then on the writing side, uh, the funnel, if you're on any sort of writing related page, you'll get a pop-up that says, um, here's my seven tips for writing productivity. And, uh, that will subscribe them to my writing newsletter. Um, and then I have a third, uh, lead magnet, which also, which comes from this save the cat book that I'm writing about plot. Um, save the cat's a very popular method for screenwriters. And, um, I mean, they have, the Save the Cat website gets over a million hits a year. So they're very popular. So a lot of people are Googling Save the Cat for novels. Um, and that's bringing them to some of my content that I've put up relating to plotting using this method. So if that's if they are on a page relating to Save the Cat, they actually get a Save the Cat lead magnet that says, um, sign up for my newsletter to get a free Save the Cat starter kit, which basically gives you an uh, in- intro into the, pro- the program, the the format, um, plus three free novel beat sheets or novel breakdowns. Um, and that also funnels into my writing newsletter. So once they get the writing, once they sign up, they get their lead magnet. Um, at the bottom of the lead magnet, there is a, um, there is links to my courses, um, Mm -hmm. with discounts. And then also, I think it's about three days later, they'll get, um, a backlogged writing mastery newsletter. So it's like, here's what you've missed recently. Um, here's what I send out every month. It looks something like this. And at the bottom of each writing mastery newsletter, there is coupons. So, um, I try not to hit them over the head unless it's an actual launch of a course. I actually don't send any like direct, here's my courses. Um, I try to kind of funnel it in through content. Yeah, nice. And what was that tool you said does Google Google tagging Google or something? Google Tag Manager, yeah. It allows you to, it installs on my WordPress site and it allows me to assign pages based on what appears in the URL. Um, you assign tags to those pages and then Google Tag Manager actually, my, my husband set it up so I'm not like super sure about how it works, but basically it... Um, it interacts with AWeber, which okay. is my email program. And so I actually, I think you actually install the AWeber um, pop-up into Google Tag Manager. So when yeah. Google says you're on this page, you get this pop-up. Nice. That's super cool. And that's smart. And even for me, I've tried to, I've struggled with segmenting my audience that way, but something like that yeah. would be really helpful for me too. So very cool. Very cool. So what advice do you have for authors who, whether they're fiction writers and maybe you want to teach a course like you about <laughs> writing, or just there's thousands of authors who teach or write nonfiction books and have mm-hmm. expertise in all kinds of things. What advice do you have for them to turn their knowledge and maybe a book they've written into mm-hmm. an online course? Well, I think if you're an author and you have you kind of have no idea what to teach. I would 
I would say look at what your skills are. I mean, I think every author has something they're really good at and people recognize. You know, it shows up in your reviews. It shows up in what people ask you on interviews. Um, you know, some authors are really, really great at character development. And some authors are really great at um, um, world building. And um, I, I always got strong reviews about plotting and pacing. And that's kind of what got me into the plot route. Or... Um, high concept ideas, I would always get, you know, oh, your ideas are so high concept. So I kind of went down that route. And then I started to get the productivity comments about how do you write four books a year? Huh, let me think about that and turn it into a course. Um, so I say like, that's kind of the first step is to just figure out where your strengths are. Um, and how, what are you doing that other people may not know about? And I, and I would say something I struggled with a lot at the beginning was like, no, everybody knows how to do this. And in the, and the truth is really, that's not true. Um, most of the time people don't always know what you're, the thing that you're good at. It's, I think it's called expert syndrome or something, um, where you basically think because you're good at it, that everybody is. And most of the time they're, they're not. So I would say, you know, really think about, um, what you're good at and try to break it down into digestible pieces that go from an A to a B, you know, path. So like, what is, what is the goal that people are going to get out of this course? Like uh, with productivity hacks, it's very simple. You're going to write more words per day. And I give you a tool from the beginning to track how many words you're writing now and how many words you're going to write when you finish. Uh, with product, with Blockbuster Ideas course, it's very simple. You're going to walk away with this from this course with at least one awesome idea that you can start writing. So I think it's you know figuring out what are they going to get from the course. And then I think the biggest challenge is just breaking it down into um digestible teachable pieces yeah that's great that's great what about the technical side i can see a lot of people being like i know how to type words on a keyboard but yeah. online courses it's so confusing C cameras audio what's the easiest way for someone to get into creating an online course that's a great question. And I do think one of the reasons my courses have been successful is the quality. Um, I have my husband to thank for that. He's, uh, and having watched so many of your courses, I think he learned a lot, but, um, you know, he's, he's very technical. Um, he's bought, he's invested in a teleprompter, which I would 100% recommend to anybody starting out. It was $150. I mean, it's not a lot of money. Um, but the teleprompter has saved me because, um, I think one of the most important pieces or uh, steps about creating a good course is scripting a good course. And I spend probably 50% of my time writing the script um, because it's it's the foundation. You know, it's I start with an outline, just like a book. I start with an outline, it comes into a, a script, and then I, I produce it. Um, and I think if your script isn't solid, you can just forget about the rest. So for going from script to video, or um, I do video and just audio with, with PowerPoint too, um, is, you know, you have to have a teleprompter if you're going to do a video and have the the script come out the way that you want it to come out. Um, I, I'm just not the kind of person who can write, I know some people can, who can write bullet points and then just kind of vamp because I will just go off topic and then and that's a lot of editing work for me later. Um <laughs> So I would say a teleprompter is great, um, but you don't always have to do video as well. So if you're wanting to start out a little smaller, I mean, a good mic with a pop screen uh, like Phil's got right there. And um, and also just, you know, some take a basic PowerPoint course and build some dynamic looking slides and match it up with your audio. And there you've got a course. Cool. Awesome. Well, you make it sound not too hard. So I think people <laughs> should listen to your advice and do it. 
So what what are your plans for the next couple of years with courses and with writing? Uh, you got a lot going on with books, but um, especially with courses, do you have anything in the works? I do. I actually have two courses, um, quote, in the can, as we say in Hollywood, um, which is uh, I have one that I've filmed uh, with a co-instructor. She's um, her name's Joanne Rendell. She actually taught one of my previous courses with me, which is called um, Fiction for Young Writers. And it's all for it's a fiction creative writing class for kids and teens um, that we have on Udemy now. And we have just fil- finished filming um, the adult version of that class. So it is basically uh, foundations of writing great fiction. So it's anyone who wants to either get started creative writing or someone who is looking to kind of take their creative writing up a notch. Um, we've just filmed that. So I will be editing that soon. Um, but for now I'm, I'm trying really hard to get this course out by the end of the month. I have a new course I've been working on for months. Um, and it is called, um, sell your novel to a major publisher. So it is all about the steps of writing a novel getting an agent and getting it sold to a major publisher like Random House, Simon & Schuster, where you can actually see it as a physical book. Um, So that's in comparison to self-publishing, which is either putting it on Amazon or um, perhaps like paying to get it printed. So I went the traditional publishing route. It's there's no better than the self-publishing route, but it's what I know. So I um, I like to I get a lot of questions like, how do I get an agent? Yeah, how do I that's... publish a book? Where, where do I send the manuscript to? And I'm like, okay, starting at the beginning. Um, so I have, I have created this. It's probably going to be a six hour course. It's probably my biggest course yet. And I'm really excited. I'm, I'm launching it. Fingers crossed by the end of the month. <laughs> you can do it. I think that's going to be a really great course, a bestseller. Uh, it seems like something a lot of people would do or people want to do. So cool. So. That's exciting. So any final pieces of advice for someone who's listening and wants to get into online teaching but is nervous and just doesn't know if it's the right thing to do? Oh my gosh. Um, I, I, this sounds cheesy, but just do it. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of the same way with novels. When people go, I'm thinking about writing a book. I'm like, just write it. Just do it. I mean, your first course may suck. Or it may need work or it may take you months, but like, just, just sit down and start it. And sometimes starting a project is the hardest part. Um, and I will say as soon as you start it, you've already, you know, basically beaten like 90% of the people out there because most people won't start ever. So just start it and congratulate yourself on taking that step. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. So where can people find out more about you and get connected with you? Yeah. Um, jessicabrody.com is my website. I'm, I'm, I'm also on all the things I'm on Instagram is where I spend a lot of time. Um, not first thing in the morning though. <laughs> um, uh, I'm at Jessica Brody on Instagram. I'm at Jessica Brody on Twitter. And then, um, if you'd like to watch some of my writing mastery, uh, YouTube videos, I'm at Jessica Brody one oh. because some other Jessica Brody stole my t- YouTube account. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's okay. I think people can find you somehow. <laughs> cool, Jessica. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I can't wait to follow you and see see your movie in Hollywood on the big screen someday and uh, more courses coming out in the future. Yes. Thanks so much, Phil. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, there's no better way to learn how to create and sell online courses than heading over to onlinecoursemasters.com and downloading your free seven-step guide to success. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen and make sure to leave a rating. 
If you do, I might even read it on a future show. Help us reach our first 100 ratings. It'll just take one extra minute of your time. Thanks, have a beautiful day, and we'll see you next week on the next episode.